Welcome everyone. I'm Jerry Savelle. Thank you for joining me today. We're talking about God's promise of provision. What a wonderful promise. God promised Abraham that he would provide all the way through the Bible. You see God providing not only for Abraham, but for Abraham's seed. And praise God, the book of Galatians says that if you belong to Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. We have that same promise of provision. You know, I learned this over 50 years ago. Oral Roberts wrote a little book back in 1969 entitled The Miracle of Seed Faith. And there's a chapter in that book that talks about God, our source of supply. When I read that, it changed my life. I began to realize that God wanted to take care of every need in my life. In fact, the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, I'd like to encourage you to go through your Bible and find every verse where it says, I will, God speaking, I will. And write those verses down. Make a list of them. And every time God says, I will, that's Him talking about His promise of provision. Now, I'm going to be uh, taking you into the service where I preach this to our church, Heritage of Faith Christian Center, right here in Crowley, Texas. And this is part two of that message, and it's so powerful, I don't want you to miss a word of it. So watch very closely now, and if possible, take notes. And then in a few moments, I'll be back with some closing remarks. But remember now, this is, this is the very uh, meat of this message. God has promised to provide. Receive it, enjoy it, and thank Him for it. Amen. Watch now. God is still the provider. God is still the provider. I remember in 1969, shortly after I came to the Lord, Oral Roberts had a primetime special television program back in those days. And he'd invite special guests. Johnny Cash was on there one time and uh, different celebrities. He used those celebrities to get the attention of worldly people so they'd watch and then he'd preach to them. And it, you know, quite genius at the time. And um, Brother Roberts, at the end of one of his programs, and I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm, I'm real new in the Lord. And he said, I've just written a brand new book. It's entitled, The Miracle of Seed Faith. And he held it up. And he said, if you will write to me and ask for it, I'll send it to you absolutely free and postpaid. I turned to Carol and I said, here's one we can afford, get the address. <laughs> and as soon as that book came in the mail, I devoured it. I still have it. In fact, I've, I've given copies away over, over the years all over the world. I still go back and read it. In fact, recently I carried it on a trip and read it again. It taught me not only the principle of seed faith, but it taught me, there's chapters in there specifically dealing with God is our source of supply. God, our provider. If you haven't got it, I encourage you to get it. He's not giving them away free anymore, but you can still get it. Praise God. Amen. I learned in 1969 that God was my provider. Now, 
once the word, Jesus said, is sown in your heart, Satan comes immediately to steal it. Shortly after this great revelation came to me, God is my source. God is my provider. Back in those days, I was, I was still uh, in the National Guard. When Carol and I first married, I, I wanted to serve my country, but she was expecting our first child, Jerry Ann, sitting right over there. And I wanted to serve my country. And so uh, a friend of mine told me that there was an opening in the National Guard. And so I went out to the base and uh, they swore me in and I became uh, a part of the National Guard. Shortly after that, they sent me on active duty. Uh, Jerry Ann was born while I was on active duty. Now, I had been in the Guard for about um, two or three years. It's a six-year commitment. And uh, we would go to Fort Polk, Louisiana. We'd go to Fort Chaffee, Arkansas. Uh, anytime there was rioting uh, during the Civil Rights Movement, we had to go to different places all over the country, mostly in the South. Uh, anytime there were hurricanes and so forth to keep people from looting, we would have to go and, you know, uh, be stationed there for who knows when. And I got a call and they were having some riotings and looting in New Orleans because of a major hurricane. And so our unit got called up and we're having to go to New Orleans. It couldn't have happened at a worse time because I just shut my business down not too long before that. I'm believing God for food on my table. I'm believing God for milk for my babies. I don't have a regular income coming in. Every once in a while, somebody would ask me, uh, can you repair my car? I'd say, well, I don't have my shop anymore, but if you don't mind me doing it, you know, under my carport, I'd be happy to do it. And, and that would sustain me for a few days, you know, the money I'd get from doing that. Or Carolyn's dad, he was, she, he was a builder, contractor, and he'd ask me to help him from time to time. I didn't know one thing about building a house. I didn't know one piece of lumber from another. I didn't know one nail from another. I said, I don't know what I could do to help you, sir, but I'd be willing to help you. And I'd, I'd go help him. I was a gopher. Go for this, go for that. But when the job was over with, he, he gave me a, a nice check. And I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. You know, I didn't do that much. But he blessed me, you know. And it, it sustained us for a few more weeks and so forth. But I get this call and I have to report. I have to be there in about two hours because we are loading up on deuce and a half trucks and we are going to New Orleans. <clears throat> this is the worst time it could have ever happened because I don't have any money. I don't have any food for my family, but I can't not go. I took an oath. <laughs> I swore. <laughs> so, I went in there and put my uniform on. 
And I came back in the living room and Carolyn was sitting in an old rocking chair that I broke both arms off doing handstands in it. <laughs> I, I used to be a gymnast and, and I, I just loved just sitting in the chair and going to a handstand. I broke both arms off eventually. And uh, she's sitting there with, with Terry, I think, in her lap. Jerry and, you know, a little older. And she's sitting there in her lap. When I came in there, and she saw me in that uniform. She said, you're not going to leave us, are you? I said, no, I'm not. Not back step back in that room, took that uniform off, hung it up, came back in there. And, and the Lord said, son, you, you, can't, you can't say no to this. You gave your word. You took an oath. I said, God, how are you going to take? I don't know how long we're going to be gone. How is my family going to be provided for? I will provide. I said, oh, okay, thank you. So I went back and put the uniform on. I came back in there, and she didn't have to say a word this time, just gave me a look, like a pitiful look. <laughs> You're not going to leave me, are you? I backed up, went back to the room, took the uniform off, <laughs> hung it up again. <laughs> I said, Lord, did you see how she looked at me? I can't leave her looking at me like that. He said, I will provide. I said, okay. I put my uniform on and I came back in the third time. And she still gave me that look. I said, Carolyn, I don't know how. I wish I could tell you, I don't have a clue how God is going to take care of you. I don't know how long I'm going to be gone. I may be gone two days. I may be gone two months. I don't know. You know, that's the way it was in the National Guard. You you stayed as long as it required. And so I said, I don't know how God can do this. I don't know where it's going to come from. But he promised me he will provide. And I'm basing this primarily on what I learned in that book from Oral Roberts, that God is our source. And then he led me to the scriptures and so forth. So I'm basing it on two authorities, God and oral. <laughs> Amen. And so if either one of them is lying, I'm in trouble, you know. But God's not a man that he should lie. Amen. And so I said, sweetheart, I'm sorry, I have to go. And I got my duffel bag and I went to the back door and turned around and looked at her one more time and I said, God will provide. And when I turned back, there was a knock on the door. And the man standing at the door said, where are you going? I said, I've got to go to New Orleans. I've been called up. Uh, we, I don't know how long we're going to be gone, but I'm on my way out right now. He said, well, I'm glad I caught you. God told me to bring you this. And brought us a check that not only took care of her and the family for days and days and days, but even helped me pay off some bills that were very pressing. God proved to me I will provide. And he's been proving that to me for 51 years now. Amen? See, this is a truth that I learned and I'm still living by it to this day. And Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, this is how you're going to overcome times like this with the truths you've already learned. 
Look at your neighbor and say, my God is my source of supply. My God is my provider. And if you really, truly believe it, give him the best shout you got, praise God. Amen. You're going to need that truth perhaps more now than you've ever needed it before. We don't know how God plans to do certain things. That's really not our business. I, I quit asking a long time ago, God, how are you going to do this? That's not my business. My business is believe he will. Believe he can and believe he will. Period. How he goes about doing it is his business. And I just tell him, I love surprises. <laughs> and he's constantly surprising me and how he goes about it, praise God. Amen. Now, God has promised to be our provider. 2 Corinthians 1.20 makes this statement about the promises of God. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him, amen, under the glory of God. Yea and amen. Yea means affirmative. Amen means so be it. Amen. amen. So be it. All the promises of God are affirmative and so be it. Now, one of those promises is this. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Well, praise God. That settles it. I can trust God. I can't say that about every person I know. A lot of people say, you never know what God's going to do. Oh, I do. He's going to do exactly what he said in his book. Amen. It's people I can't figure out. <laughs> if everybody who ever promised me in the last 51 years that they were going to bless our ministry big time came through, we wouldn't have to receive another offering till mid-millennium. Some have come through. Many have come through, but not everybody. If somebody told me, you know, and I don't know them and I don't know their integrity, uh, Brother Jerry, don't worry about a thing. I'm going to give you all the money for that new church building. Well, I don't, I don't know them. I don't know their integrity. I don't know if they have it to do it with. But if God said that, Jerry, son, don't worry about a thing. I'm going to supply all the money you need to build every building you're going to want to build. Thank you, sir. That settles it. Amen. Now, the next question that most people would ask, how? Where are you going to get it? Brother Copeland said in the early days of his walk with God, the Lord said, uh, I'm going to take care of this. And he said, how? And the Lord said, don't worry about it. I'll come by it honest. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> He'll come by it honest. Amen. All right, now, God is not a man that he should lie. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? 
or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? The message translation says, does he speak and not do what he says? Does he promise and not come through? We're talking about God's integrity. Make the decision that you're going to hold fast to the promise that God will provide. Say it with me again. My God is my source of supply and my God will provide. Never stop believing that he wants to meet your every need. Say this with me. The Bible is the infallible word of my God. Whatever it says he will do, he will do. Amen? So be it. And give him another shout, praise God. Now, I want you to go back to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. And if you've got a roast cooking today, you may want to offer it as a burnt offering because I ain't done yet. <laughs> Genesis 22. Now, you know the story for the sake of time. I'd love to read it all, but for the sake of time, this is the story where God instructs Abraham to offer Isaac. I think it's interesting, and I do want to bring this point up. Look at verse one. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Now, that's not the best selection of words. Because in the book of James, it says God tempts no man. A better word is prove. God did prove Abraham. It's the same way with, with what it says about Job when God asked Satan, have you considered my servant Job? He was proving to Satan that Job would not compromise. God is proving that Abraham believes him. Now he says to him, take your only son and offer him. And look at verse four. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Now, it, it is implied. I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and I and the lad will come back to you. That's right, that's right. He fully intended to bring Isaac back. That's right, come on. Why? Because he had a promise from God. That's right. And that promise from God was, from this boy will come a mighty nation and dead boys can't produce mighty nations. So he fully intended to bring the boy back with him. Amen. Now, apparently Isaac has been involved in, in sacrifices like this with his father in times past because he understood when he asked the question, Father, we have the wood, we have the fire, Where's the lamb? So he understood what is needful to carry out this process. 
We have the fire, we have the wood, where's the lamb? Now notice in verse 14. I'm sorry, in verse uh, eight. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. God will provide himself a lamb. Amen. Most theologians agree. Not all theologians agree on this point, but most theologians agree that the first time that a concept is mentioned in the Bible it comes under what is called the law of first mention. And the way it is used, the first time you see it, is the way it is used thereafter. It's what theologians refer to, and this is, you know, above my pay grade. It's what theologians refer to as a time-honored hermeneutical principle. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. That was a hard one to get out, David. The law of first mention. The first time you ever see these words, God will provide right here. And that means that under the law of first mention, God obligated himself not only to provide for Abraham and his son Isaac, but generations to come, that concept would still be in effect. And did you notice it wasn't God who said, I will provide uh, first. It was Abraham who said, my son, God will provide. God's covenant partner established the concept established the principle and because Abraham was a friend of God, God honored it. My friend says, I will provide, therefore I will provide. Not only for you, but I will provide for generations to come who will dare believe like you have believed that I am your provider. How many of you believe that God is our provider? Amen. Abraham, our father in the faith, established that. And the concept, the principle, the law is still available for us to apply today. Amen. And once again, not every theologian agrees on this principle, but personally, I do. And the reason I'm mentioning in this is because of what we read. My son, God will provide. It's a time-honored principle. Amen? Amen? God wanted it known to all back then and even all to know in our day that he's still the provider. Hallelujah. I'm glad I have a provider. Now, notice in verse 14. And Abraham, and, and let me back up a minute. You remember the story. As Abraham was ready to slay his son, the angel of the Lord appeared and said, Abraham, do your son no harm. And he looked and saw in the thicket a ram. 
Now, a lot of people say, well, now God, uh, Abraham said God will provide a lamb. A lamb is referred to as a young sheep. A ram is a mature male sheep. So what Abraham said is what God did. Historically, little sheep, you know, they're docile, they're gentle, you can play with them, you know. But a ram is not quite so. So therefore, God had it lock its horns into a thicket so Abraham could go get it without any problem. God was providing. It's not likely that Abraham would have caught up with a ram, but God had that ram to get his horns locked into a thicket so Abraham could go get it out and offer him instead of his son. God provided. You can count on God to meet all your needs. The God of more than enough has promised to supply the resources you need for a victorious life. When you order today's special offer, Promise of Provision, you'll receive Jerry Savelle's revealing book, How God Supplies Your Every Need, and his four-part CD series, God Our Source. The truths contained in this special package are needed now more than ever before. Discover how God can be your source of peace, hope, and prosperity. In this series, Jerry demonstrates how your decisions enable you to experience God's promise of provision and how you can overcome every test and trial. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Promise of Provision special package. You may not know how God is going to provide, but you can trust His promise that He will. Your provision is on the way. Learn the principles from God's Word that will inspire your faith to see God do the impossible. Didn't you enjoy the message today? I trust you did. And I pray that it will change your attitude about whether or not God wants to supply your need. He promised that he would, and God never breaks his covenant. He never breaks promise. He's the original promise keeper. I love what it says in Hebrews chapter 6, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. The Passion Translation says, since there was no one greater than himself, he swore an oath on his own integrity. And what did he swear? He swore that he would bless us. He swore that he would take care of us. And he says in Psalm 89, 34, my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has come from my lips. So can God be depended upon? Yes, he can. Don't forget our resources this week, four CDs, God, our source, powerful insight into this great revelation. God wants to be your source. Learn how you can position yourself to receive it from him. And then this little book, How God Supplies Your Every Need. I go into detail, detail step by step on how that you position yourself to receive from God. There are spiritual laws that govern this, and they are covered in detail in this little book. So let me encourage you to order these resources right now. Go to the website, jerrysavelle.org, or you can look on the screen, and all the information will be there and the price, and you can do it that way. If you'd like to call in, please do. If you want to write in, that's welcomed as well. So once again, 
place your order for these resources and let me continue to bless you through them. Join me again next week and remember, your faith will overcome the world. I'll see you then.